It's Thursday on Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Happy to be back for another day. Hope you guys are having a good one out there as well. So it's going to be like close to 70 degrees today. It's an amazing little stretch of November warm-up we're having. Going to go away soon, but enjoy it while it lasts um, because this feels pretty good when you're outside. I didn't think I was going to be running in shorts in mid-November, but here we are. And I'm not cold. Not not cold. Not feel, I'm feeling pretty good. So hope you guys are enjoying a little warm-up and enjoying today's show. Lots of good stuff coming up. Uh, Phil Miller from the Star Tribune joins me here in just a little bit to talk about Twins TV stuff. It's a big off-season storyline, um, trying to find a new Twins uh, TV partner, kind of how they're going to show their games locally. Their Bally Sports North contract expired, and there was a bankruptcy hearing on uh, on Wednesday that kind of gave some uh, gave some light to kind of the path the Twins might take and where the Wolves and Wild are at, too. So a good update coming from Phil, and I'll have some other thoughts on that as well, um, as well as some twin stuff with Phil, of course, um, and how all of this TV stuff impacts their ability to sign free agents, um, you know, what their payroll might look like this season with, uh, with, the t- with the TV money factored into things. So all of that and more coming up with Phil here in just a little bit. I uh, got some gopher basketball thoughts at the end of the show. First, though, what I missed, let's start NBA again. I know I went deep on Wolves-Warriors yesterday, but there was some fallout from that. And, of course, the Wolves had a back-to-back, got blown out by the Suns on uh, on Wednesday night. <clears throat> Maybe not terribly surprising, given that it was the second night of a back-to-back. It's the fourth game of a road trip. It was kind of it's what they call a schedule loss, right? Like, they could lose to Phoenix um, anyway. Phoenix is a talented team. They're off to a slow start, but that's because of injuries. They had Devin Booker back. They have Kevin Durant. Like, they've got a whole bunch of firepower. Bradley Beal, uh, when he's healthy, that will add a big three to that mix. Um, So they could lose to them no matter what. But, you know, coming off of, you know, two intense games against the Warriors including uh the you know, the one on uh, on Sunday with the uh, I'm sorry with the one Tuesday with the uh with the brawl um that's nah, not a brawl a fracas a dust up a, the, the headlock of Draymond Green um y- you wondered how they would come out in that Phoenix game and they did lose 133 to 115 didn't look like there was much in the tank they didn't play the starters quite as much as they normally would kind of owing to wanting to keep them you know load management i guess unofficial load management now they don't play again for a couple days they get a little time off chance to recharge finish the road trip strong when they play new orleans here in a couple days so if there was one to drop that was it they went all in on that that warriors game the other night won that game a little disappointed that they didn't have more in the tank against Phoenix, but I'm not going to argue or be too upset, even if they lost big, because they were they won seven in a row, and you looked at that game and you're like, okay, this is this is probably the kind of game they are going to lose. Now, two follow up points: one, you do worry about teams like Phoenix, right? The Wolves are eight and three now. They are the kind of team that's on the rise, that is ascending, that has some young players and has a young star that has has a disdain for load management. Um, Anthony Edwards, if he can play all 82 this year, he probably will. Um, so the Wolves are going to have a lot of their best players, you know, short of injuries, available to them this year and will, and will have the ability to win 
a good number of regular season games. Um, I don't know what their record is going to be at the end. We're still kind of a far away from there. But you can see them getting to a spot in the West where they have a chance to be a top four team. Now, still, long way to go. I get it. But just the way things are going, you can see them being a very good regular season team. You can also see, though, a team like Phoenix or someone like that kind of scuffling along in the regular season, making sure all of their stars are healthy, and then you run into a team like that in the playoffs and you get beat. I think Chris Hine was kind of sending out signal flares like this early in the preseason, even when I had him on the show to talk and just kind of talking about, I think the Wolves are a better regular season team than maybe a playoff team because once these kind of loaded up teams, these star-heavy veteran teams, Warriors, Suns, Lakers, once they get to the playoffs and are presumably full strength, even if they've kind of given away games during the regular season because of injury and rest, that's when the Wolves can get into trouble. So we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but as you kind of think about playoff positioning as the year goes along, even if the Wolves are in a spot to be the three, the four, or something like that, I do worry that they could wind up playing a team that's better suited to win in the playoffs than the Wolves are. So keep that in mind. I think the Wolves could be a good playoff team this year, too. Got to get there. Got a long way to go before we talk too much about this, but I do wonder about that in the West. The other bit of housekeeping from this, Draymond Green, for his headlock on Rudy Gobert gets a five-game suspension. Everybody else in the dust-up gets a $25,000 fine. That's, you know, that's fine. Rudy Gobert, uh, Jaden McDaniels, and Clay Thompson all fined $25,000 for their role in uh, that little uh, uprising the other day. Thompson, McDaniels, and Green all ejected from the game, but Green, the only one given any kind of big-time punishment, a five-game suspension. Well-deserved, I would say, um, for what he did in that game. I was uh, kind of chuckling and you know shaking my head at Green and Steve Kerr and other people with the Warriors trying to suggest that Gobert had put Thompson into some sort of headlock. Like, Gobert was just trying to hold Thompson back. He's so much taller than Thompson, it kind of looked like it maybe to somebody who was just glancing at it quickly. But the headlock Draymond Green put on Rudy Gobert was much different <clears throat> then the restraint that Gobert was putting on Clay Thompson to try to kid him away from Jaden McDaniels when they when those two kind of started that whole thing on Tuesday. So I think the punishment doled out was fair, certainly for Draymond Green. Like I wrote about the other day, I feel like the last act of a desperate, dying dynasty, the Warriors, maybe they'll still make the playoffs this year. They, they still have some talent, obviously. Curry is still pretty good. Can't believe they're still eighth in the power pole. By the way, the Wolves are like, top five in a lot of power polls right now zach Lowe on his podcast the other day saying can the will can the wolves win the nba title like maybe the phoenix game will tap the brakes on all of that a little bit although i do think top five is deserved in the moment when you were eight and two going into that phoenix game you probably deserve to be you know in that top five mention at the moment for the power rankings but listen long way to go we still got to see a lot of things i'm not too alarmed by losing to phoenix in the second of a back-to-back but a long way to go and a lot to prove yet still for the wolves and a long way to go for the warriors without draymond green for a while grand casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan the passion the hope the anticipation that incomparable feeling of winning Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. 
Let your story begin. Glad to be joined today by Phil Miller, Star Tribune Twins beat writer. Phil spent multiple hours um, in a virtual bankruptcy court hearing, so you didn't have to, to find out all about what's going on with Diamond Sports, their bankruptcy, how it impacts the Twins, and frankly, plenty of other teams in this market. Um, We'll get to that and some Twins offseason news and really how that TV situation affects the roster going forward. Phil, how you doing? Mike, uh, it's uh, it's already, I heard a lawyer today say that the 2024 season has already started. So look at that. We're already here. Well, I guess the only question is who's uh, who's going to be the uh, second day starter for the Twins <laughs> since the 2024 season's already started. We know, I think we know at least that Pablo Lopez will be the opening day starter, but I don't know who their number two pitcher is. We'll get to that maybe in a little bit. Uh, but first, you you uh, you attended virtually this bankruptcy court hearing down in it was in Houston, I believe today. They talked a lot of NBA, NHL stuff, but they you know also along the way maybe kind of. Gave us some hints that, boy, the, this Twins relationship with Bally Sports North, which ended this year, the contract's up after this season is done. If there was any inclination in your mind, any indication you thought that they might be going back to Bally Sports North, that just doesn't seem realistic based on the timeline and everything else we know about where they are right now and, and Sinclair and their their parent company. Yeah, for a little of the background, uh, Bally uh, Diamond Sports Group, which owns uh, runs Bally Sports North, uh, filed bankruptcy in February, uh, and they missed a couple payments with the Twins, and Twins went to court and uh, got their got their money out of them. But uh, yeah, their contract ended. Uh, the today's hearing, I had hoped, would shed a little light on on baseball uh, because. Uh, um, Diamond Sports is making some moves to um, cut costs, for sure, for one thing, but also kind of restructure the business. It didn't really have much to do with um, MLB, as it turned out today. They they presented and the judge approved the NBA's, uh, the, the, uh, Diamond Sports' uh, contract with the uh, oh, half the uh, NBA that they have, um, essentially – uh, everybody that they have long-term contracts with, they agreed to shorten it to just one year. This season, um, the teams uh, uh, are taking a smaller uh, uh, paycheck for this season, and then the rights revert to the teams, and uh, they can, um, uh, you know, go find a new broadcaster, almost certainly, or. Um, I think the Bally Network still hope to stay afloat. Uh, we'll see if that can happen. Uh, they also said that a very similar contract uh, with the NHL and the teams that they have under contract in the NHL is almost done. But they said very little about baseball. And at one point, the uh, uh, Texas Rangers uh, lawyer stood up and said he represents the World Series champion, Texas Rangers, which uh, got a laugh from the judge. Um, he, uh, he said, hey, look, uh, we need to know. Uh, he's the one who said uh, the 2024 season has begun. Free agency has begun. We need to know um, how, whether or not you're going to make all your payments on our contract next year. Uh, does our contract still extend beyond 2024? 
are, you know, we need to be comfortable that, that you're going to be a stable partner um, because we're still dealing with the fallout from what happened last year. So he, he made it clear that we need to know, uh, well, basically yesterday, but certainly in the next month or so, um, what the uh, what the deal is. And that is very, very true for the twins. They don't they don't have to worry about Bally if they don't want to. Uh, but um, they, too, are um, searching for a broadcast partner for the uh, 2024 season. What you just said, too, obviously impacts the Timberwolves and Wild. So that was newsy to come out of it. Sorry, it wasn't specifically on your beat, but it's it's newsy uh, nonetheless in that this was reported a couple weeks ago, I think, by Sports Business Journal that this was coming, but this makes it more or less official in the NBA and practically official for the NHL. So like the Wolves in the Wild, who I believe either had two or three years left on their deals. I, I don't know the specifics exactly, but I believe both of those teams had at least one more year each beyond this year that they were scheduled to be under contract to have their game shown on Valley to get that paycheck they know about. That will now the the rights will now revert back to them in you know April or June or whenever whenever they say the end of the NBA season and NHL season is right now. And that that piece of it is interesting because they then will be in the exact same position the Twins are in, kind of trying to figure out this long term solution for their local broadcast rights. Yeah, and I mean maybe. The solution is to uh, join forces together, like they are under Valley. Um, although, I mean, that's that's an apples and oranges uh, thing, you know. The Twins play as many games as the Wolves and Wild combined. Yeah, more so, or less. Yeah. Uh, so that would be uh, interesting. Um, one of the sidelights of this is there's squabbling uh, between Diamond Sports and Sinclair. Which is the owner of Diamond Sports, which yes. paid which paid more than a billion and a half dollars uh, about a decade ago to uh, to buy all of the uh, I think there were nineteen uh, regional sports networks. Well, they spent ten point six billion, but only one point six was cash, right? Right, right, right. I mean, they're they're losing. Yeah, they're losing. Uh, more than a billion dollars yes. uh, in this, and the lawyers. Uh, but there was some information that came out of that. One, the Sinclair's lawyer uh, got up and he and he he said, you know, look, this is all well and good, but basically he said this is a liquidation. Um, you know, you guys might be operating for a year, but we're shutting down. Um, and he expressed, you know, it's kind of a bummer. You know, we're losing uh, more than a billion dollars on this, but. Um, you know, it, it seems clear that Sinclair doesn't have much stomach for losing money uh, year to year like uh, Diamond Sports Group uh, claims to have. The Diamond Sports uh, uh, lawyer got up and he said, you know, look, this is our best attempt at keeping uh, the company afloat. Um, you know, it, that we're shutting down is not a fait accompli. Um, and we are buying a lifeline for another year while, you know, they basically figure out how to handle a market that is collapsing, uh, you know, as, uh, you know, the, as the people uh, know, uh, these regional sports networks were built on the subscriber, cable right. subscriber and uh, satellite subscriber income. And 
cord cutters, uh, everyone watches streaming now. Um, they don't make nearly as much money, and so they're losing quite a bit of money. Um, so it, 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 the Twins are already free agents, and the Wolves in the Wild uh, certainly sound like they will be next year. Um, I will say what it means for the Twins is, to me, it sounds like, well, why would they ever go back to uh, Valley uh, Sports yeah, North now? I would agree, yeah. Um, what is in it for one year? I've heard... I've heard uh, for several months now that Major League Baseball wants to bring local TV rights in-house, um, offer it, uh, ideally offer all 30 teams uh, streaming over the air, however uh, you want to get it, um, and and sell the, uh, sell the product directly to a, the consumer. Even game to game, team to team, or... I want to watch every. Uh, I want to have the rights to watch every game in baseball. Um, I think the Major League Baseball wants to do that. They already have the Padres and the uh, uh, Diamondbacks on board, and uh, I I have a hunch that the Twins are headed in that way, just because it's already almost December and uh, they're going to start playing in three months, and they need to need to know who's televising. Yeah, and they've that there's a lot to sort out. We obviously this is tangential to it, but they need to figure out who their broadcast team is, even is because the yeah. we it's no no Dick Bremer anymore. Probably you know certainly no, or most likely more than likely no Bally Sports North as part of their future either. So a lot to sort out. And the big question in all of this, like I think everybody is ready for a better experience especially those who have been doing you know have been in the streaming realm you know if you've been getting valley sports north through cable or satellite you're probably like reasonably satisfied over the years but you're probably ready for something else if you are streaming specifically um but how that looks financially is the big question because even as they move to a different model if it's with major league baseball even if they're on they'll still be on cable and satellite obviously in some fashion It'll just be a different channel be called something different You'll be able to get the game streamed to you, direct to you for, I would assume, some sort of monthly fee. How that all adds up, though, money-wise, they were getting almost $55 million a year yep. from their Bally contract. It's not going to be that much. We don't know exactly what the math shakes out like or what the give and take is in terms of bigger reach, more you know, more ability to get the product in front of your fans, which maybe in turn leads to more merchandise sales, ticket sales, things like that, what the off, what the off benefits are, but it ain't going to be $55 million and that affects the team. Yeah. And I, that might be the one uh, thing that might make them sign on for a year. You know, I said, why would you go back to Bally? Well, but you'd have to see what they would offer for one year. You're right. It's not going to be $55 million, but last year when, when they started missing payments, uh, MLB stepped in. Uh, Commissioner uh, Rob Manfred said uh, uh, under oath in the uh, in the bankruptcy uh, trial uh, that um, Major League Baseball had guaranteed every team that uh, they would receive at least eighty percent of uh, what they were contractually expecting to get, um, at least eighty percent that um, they would step in and fill that uh, gap if. If Bally didn't come through, and Bally ultimately did pay uh, the Twins the fifty-five million dollars and, and finished out the season, I guess I could see a scenario where uh, the certainty of whatever they offer—and you're right—I would guess it would be 
half of that at best, maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe a little more. I'm, I'm uh, not the expert in this, but uh, that might be more comforting than the unknown of what, uh, what going uh, with an MLB produced uh, product might be. Um, you know, there's still some, there's a possibility of some o- over the air uh, broadcast with some of the local independent stations and things like that. But the money is the big part. Uh, and it's, uh, it's not just a twins problem. Uh, there are at least half of the league is uh, under, uh, under Bally or uh, another uh, financially challenged uh, broadcaster. And, and they're looking at, greatly greatly reduced uh income from uh from regional tv uh rights so it feels like we're kind of leaning towards mid-december for some clarity and all this and you know they got to make decisions fast because you know right they've got to figure out who's going to be calling the games they got to figure out where these games are going to be shown and they got to figure out how much money they're going to get from all this because Phil, they've got to make financial decisions like right now. They got to know, you know, some of these, imp- some of their impact of like, what free agents can they sign? Who who should they be kind of, you know, casting a sideways glance? Like, ah, do we need to? Do we need to? You know, they're probably we're already going to trim payroll to a certain degree because there's a natural kind of ebb and flow with this. You're probably not going to sign as many veterans. Um, when you have some up and comers like they have right now, you're not going to sign Joey Gallo again. I would hope, but you know, things that are <laughs> things that are, you know, this is going to affect payroll and they've already got decisions they're making. You know, they're probably not going to be able to go after Sonny Gray in the free agent market, even though they, you know, they tendered him a contract. He he declined it. Um, you may be looking at going with someone like an Austin Martin in center field as kind of your backup to backup plan to the inevitable Byron Buxton breakdown. You're maybe looking to trade Max Kepler and or Jorge Polanco. You might have to do certain things. Like how do how do you think this impacts their off season, and then how is that shaking out so far? Well, you're right. Uh, they lose Sonny Gray. They lose Kenta Maeda. They they do have a uh, um, couple of guys coming in behind them. You know, Louis Varland will be uh, on the uh, roster starting uh, at the beginning of the season, I would imagine, and uh, Chris Paddock uh, steps in, but. They need to get some more depth, and I'm sure in a normal year they would want to get uh, uh, some top of the rotation depth. Although, uh, boy, uh, if you've paid attention to the coverage out of the general managers meeting last year, there's about 25 teams that would like to add uh, top end pitching. Uh, so, uh, it, 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 that market, it'll be interesting to see the. Uh, tension between what teams want and what they can afford, just like the twins are going to. But the truth is that, I mean, the twins decision-making time is already upon us. Um, you know, uh, they'll on Friday, they must tender uh, contracts uh, to arbitration eligible guys. One of them is Kyle Farmer. He could expect to get six to $8 million somewhere in there. And, uh, you know, Derek Falvey said at the general manager's meeting, the payroll is going down. So uh, I don't think they can afford a $6 million uh, utility man. The one thing, uh, we'll see what they decide on Friday. It's, it is possible they could uh, offer him a contract and trade him. But uh, I, I don't see uh, much chance of them 
um, offering him arbitration and keeping him on the roster this year. So much of what made the 23 team successful was a starting pitching, of course, but B like known commodity depth guys like Carl farmer, Carl farmer, like you just mentioned guys like Michael a Taylor guys like Willie Castro. I mean, some of those guys like had maybe better years than we might've even anticipated, but those were known commodities to a certain degree who, you know, played well when pressed into action. They might not have that luxury next year. And that's going to, yeah. that's going to be a, a different kind of team. Then even if you like what you saw out of Edward Julian, if you like what you like, what you see out of Matt Walner, um, if you like what you saw out of obviously Royce Lewis, like there's going to be a thinner margin for error. It feels like if some of these guys don't produce or if someone gets hurt. Uh, very true. And, uh, and they made it a point to add depth last year. So when, uh, the injuries hit and, and boy, they did again. Uh, um, they wouldn't be uh, left hanging the way they were the year before. But it's funny, I, they, got, they got one of the best seasons of Michael Taylor's career. Michael A. Taylor was, uh, 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 you know, I think they figured on playing him 50 to 75 games. Uh, he ended up uh, playing 130, something, something uh, close to that. He ended up... Uh, hitting more than 20 home runs. He kind of priced himself out of the Twins' uh, budget, I think, for next year. Um, he, uh, I, I think he's going to expect uh, a raise, and I don't know if the Twins can afford it. Uh, you're right. There's, they're going to put a lot of um, pressure, a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of, of young kids. They like what they've seen out of them, but uh, – um, you know, you think back to two years ago when they were stuck with Mark Contreras and Gilberto Celestino and guys that didn't look ready for the big leagues, uh, Caleb Hamilton, uh, you know, and, and it, you hate to think that that might be the uh, condition they're in again next year, uh, but uh, depth is going to, uh, it looks like it's going to be an issue. I guess we shouldn't be definitive in November. I feel like Austin Martin is going to play a lot of center field. What do you think? Just reading Falvey's comments the other day, reading between the lines of payroll, reading that they like him, that he does all these things, that they think they're think he's athletic. Like that seems like their ready-made solution for center field if Buxton can't play. And we know that expecting him to play even a hundred games is often wishful thinking. True. Uh, I I know that they have penciled him in as the starting opening day center fielder, but uh, yeah, I know. Good for them. Uh, yeah, I, um, Austin Martin is the uh, is the guy right now uh, that that could uh, will certainly be given the chance to win the job. I'll say that in spring training, assuming that they don't uh, sign uh, Michael A. Taylor, but uh, I certainly don't uh, expect that now at this point. Um, you know, it worked. They had such fortunate luck. Uh, well, not luck. Uh, um, they had really talented guys that they were able to plug in there. Uh, you know, when Trevor Larnack uh, kind of fizzled early on, uh, Matt Walner stepped right in. Uh, Edward Julian turned out to be, a, you know, a legitimate major league hitter. Uh, it, it, uh, We'll see. Uh, they traded uh, their ace pitcher to get Austin Martin, and uh, and we'll see if uh, if he's up to that. Then they traded their batting champ to get their ace pitcher, so they are nimble. They will uh, <laughs> they will do what they need to do to get what they need. But uh, it's an interesting off season, and all of this TV stuff 
only makes it more interesting. Um, Phil Miller, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for watching that hearing. So none of us had to distilling it down into the the three or four really interesting things. I'm sure there were some uninteresting uninteresting things along the way, unless you find that sort of thing uh, fascinating uh, at any cost. I spent a lot of time thinking, I wonder how much I'm making per hour versus the guy I, that's droning on there uh, trying to figure out when the next hearing will be. Thanks, well, Mike. There you go. Thanks, Phil. I'll talk to you later. Good stuff from Phil. Appreciate that, as always. And kind of getting back to the TV stuff, I still wonder. I don't know if it's in the best interests of leagues as a whole, but it feels like it would be in the best interest of consumers if they... Now that we know that the Wolves and Wild are essentially going to be TV free agents in six months, just like the Wolves are... I'm just like the, just like the Twins are, sorry, right now. Um, is there... Away. Does it make sense financially in markets like this one to bundle still the teams on some single platform, right? Like Bally Sports North, if the Twins were on streaming right now, which they weren't last year, if they were on the Bally Sports $20 a month app, would actually be, you know, that would actually be an okay deal. Um, and the problem is, you know, the Ballet app has been flaky in the past few weeks. And the way they got to that point was kind of too little too late. But the idea of bundling a few different teams in a market um, and put the links in there too, bundling all the teams in the market that you already get on these regional sports networks into one bundle, but getting rid of the regional sports networks, that still makes sense to me. I'd rather have the Wolves, Wild, twins and links all in one place all for one price than pay for access to a bunch of different leagues or individual teams that's where it's going to get a bit onerous um, maybe good for fans of specific teams maybe there should be a package that includes either or i don't know what i'm wondering though is like i said like phil and i maybe briefly mentioned here it doesn't make sense to bundle the Twins, Wild, Wolves, and Lynx in a package even when these RSNs go away or are these leagues going to want to bundle these teams, either package them individually or bundle them with the rest of the league. I know if I'm the Twins, if I'm a Twins fan, most Twins fans, most Minnesota sports fans would rather have all the Minnesota sports teams than have access to all the Padres games in addition to the Twins games and all the Diamondbacks games and all the Rangers games, like whatever it is. Like I I don't need to watch all those games. I mean, maybe I would casually glance at it, but if I'm talking about a single kind of a single entity proposition where I can get everything at once, that to me feels like a better like a better option. Now, I don't know if that's where it's gonna go eventually. I wonder if some of this is gonna push people back towards cable and satellite because it's gonna be easier to find everything all in one place. I'm not sure where it's all going. I'm just saying from my standpoint, from a consumer perspective, bundling those things does make sense. It's the economic model and kind of the delivery model of the regional sports networks that's the problem and not the idea of bundling all of those local teams. Let's finish with the cooler. Go for women's basketball team cruised to a win over North Dakota State. and Maybe in a lot of years that wouldn't really be news, but they struggled last year in the same scenario in Fargo, lost that game. <clears throat> this game was here, won by, I think, 22 points, got out to a big first half lead. All the people you think would be good in that game were good in that game. Mara Braun, Amaya Battle, all those, uh, all those kind of young risers for the Gophers looked good in this game. Don Plitzowite seems like she's got something going here. Again, kind of like the Wolves, got to see it for the rest of 
you know, non-conference and then into the regular Big Ten season. But they've got some talent. They seem like they've got some things going. And, uh, you know, kind of like we thought, maybe, just maybe, this is a point where they can turn talent into into uh, no, not just you know, turn potential into uh, into reality instead of just always saying, "Hey, uh, got a lot of talent. What are they going to be able to do with it?" Kind of feels the same way a little bit with the men's basketball team. Impressive against lesser competition so far this season. We'll get a much better test from Missouri tonight. Another Power Five opponent for them. Um, not a great non-conference schedule. This is one of the better non-conference games on their schedule so we'll see if they're able to handle it so far so good though in general from ben johnson's team right now but yeah big test tonight we'll see if they can get it done if they can win tonight you'll start to say okay they can beat a power five team then you can feel like you can beat some other teams in the big 10 maybe start feeling good about yourself this year get the program turned around at least take some steps in the right direction. That will do it for me today. Sarah McClellan expected to join me on Friday all the way from Sweden. The Wild have two games in Sweden this weekend, like a 10 a.m. start local time, uh, our time, on Saturday. That'll be kind of fun against Ottawa, and then they play Toronto on Sunday. So fun from there. We'll get Sarah's perspectives on what that is like over there and everything like that. Until then, I am Michael Rand, back at it again tomorrow.